Thanks, Pastor Anthony. Let's give uh, praise to God for his ministry, for leading us this morning and our awesome praise team. Praise God. Uh, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the Monday before Easter, uh, Holy Week, Pastor Tim and I, we went down to Saddleback Church. Everybody heard of Saddleback? Small little neighborhood church down the road there. <clears throat> We went down to Saddleback Monday before Easter because they were hosting a prayer breakfast for all the pastors in Southern California, and it was just just awesome, totally awesome experience, a big-time highlight of my year so far. And Pastor Rick Warren, he's the senior pastor of that church, and God has used him, he's got to use Saddleback in a huge way to bless the church at large. And uh, anyway, Pastor Rick, as many of you know, lost his son, uh, Matthew, uh, to mental illness back in 2013. He battled mental illness his whole entire life. And uh, Pastor Rick, as he was preaching the Easter before his son died, he was saying in the message that the more people he knew that were in heaven, that he personally knew, like his parents, his family, and stuff like that, the closer and the more real heaven became for him. And he said, I didn't know that five days later, my youngest son would be there too. And he's talking about the hope of the resurrection becoming more vivid, more profound, more real. To him. And so every Easter since, it's fresh in his mind. Pastor Rick talked about how after his son Matthew took his own life, that he took a four-month grief sabbatical. He didn't preach. He didn't teach. He didn't work as a pastor at all. He said, all I did was spend time with Jesus and spend time with his word eight hours a day for four months. And he talked about the letters of condolences that he received during that time. 5,000 letters from all of the world, from rock stars to prime ministers to presidents of nations. But he said to us that the most meaningful letters that he received, they weren't from those VIPs, those very important people. They were from another group of people. I want to get back to those letters in a moment, but first I want to talk about another letter. A letter that we looked at last week just a little bit. The letter that St. Peter wrote to the scattered church, to the exiles in Asia Minor. Last week, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 2, and we talked about our identity that we have as God's people and the reality that we have as children of the resurrection, that we're acceptable, that we're valuable, that we're capable, that we are forgivable. And we talked about that capable part, that we are God's royal priesthood, and as God's royal priest, we have direct access to God, and we also represent God to the world. It's not just for the pastors, it's not just for the preachers, not just for the, the priests of the Old Testament. We are all priests in Jesus. And as God's priests, we are called to bring the hope that we have in Jesus to the world. Now, historically, if you've been in the church for a long time, it's been called evangelism. Some of you are like, evangel, what? What's that? Some of you are like, oh, isn't that a committee that we have? Evangelism committee, Right. And that's true. Too often in the church, many times, uh, evangelism is sort of relegated to a committee. And the committee meets, and they talk about evangelism, but they never do it, right? We as Christians, we struggle with that at times. But the reality is evangelism, sharing Christ with others, is our responsibility. Everyone in this room, God has given us that task. And I'm hoping that this morning that we can pause it a little bit, and we can explore a few things about that thing called evangelism. The way we talk about it here at St. John's is part of our Connect, Grow, Share discipleship pathway that we share Christ with our words, with our service, and with our resources. And essentially evangelism or sharing Christ with another, it comes down to a question of focus, either an inward focus or an outward focus. 
So if we as individuals, if we are preoccupied and focused only on ourselves all the time, we're usually not focused outwardly on other people and therefore evangelism and sharing Christ with others, it does, it's not a priority for our life. Now the same thing can be said of institutions. It can be said of churches. If a church is inward, if it's focused on itself, not focused on those in the community, then evangelism is not a priority. Now, here's the reality about churches like that. Churches that are inward-focused, studies have been done, and they are all either stagnant or they're declining and dying. But those churches that are outward-focused, evangelism-oriented, they are thriving, they're living, they're growing. Pastor Anthony's part of a church like that. We were just talking about it just the, the other day. In their decade or so of existence, they've planted, I think, five churches, right? Five churches, two university ministries. One of their churches is now planting a church having a grandbaby. My friends, that is external focus, outward focus. And it made me think, I wonder if the same thing could be said of us as individuals. Could it be for us that to really thrive and to really live and to really grow and to experience life means for us to be outward focused, externally focused, to share Christ with others. The fact is that sometimes we like to sit in the gospel lounge chair, as I call it. We like to gather in the holy huddle. A lot of times we we forget the fact that America is the fifth largest mission field in the world, that 1.5 million Americans die each year without knowing Jesus. We forget the fact that there are countries throughout the world sending missionaries here to America to bring the gospel of Jesus. Nearly three years ago, we voted to call Pastor Nathan Housh to our country, or to our country, to our church. <laughs> Texas is its own country, right? All right. No. The weather's great out there. Anyway, <clears throat> we called Pastor Nathan to our church three years ago. We met like just this past week, three years ago, to say we want Pastor Nathan to come because we know we have this discipleship pathway of connect, grow, and share. We need to grow in this area. We need to share more. We need to be more externally focused, and we have done it. He's led us in a lot of initiatives to share Christ with our service especially, right? We've adopted and and, and implemented more things with GraceWorks in Kenya, the Compton Initiative, Love Santa Ana, Love Orange, Fourth Saturday in our partnership with Second Harvest. Just yesterday, we gave away 6,000 pounds of food to 100 families in our community. Project 23, Foster Teen Camp, Kinship Events, Homeless Outreach on Saturday morning, our food pantry, the Juarez Missions, the Louisiana Flood Response, and a whole host of things. And just recently, a team has gathered together that we're going to pursue our ministry and grace with grace, our connection with GraceWorks in Kenya. We're going to pursue foster ministry more intentionally, with more impact, and with more resources. Many of our life groups, they're taking on projects that I don't even know about. Just this past week, one of our life group leaders came in and said, Pastor, we have this whole thing we're doing. We're making these love lunches and these hygiene kits. We're partnering with a food distributor in Ontario, and we're handing out stuff to the homeless. I'm like, that's awesome. Sharing Christ with our service. And while God is moving us and we've come a long way, God, I think, is calling us to go further, maybe further than we've ever gone as a church before. And I believe that St. Peter has some words for us that focus us outward, beyond ourselves, beyond our walls to the community so that we can thrive and we can live. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 talks about the prophets. It says there, it says, it was revealed to the prophets, long ago these guys were, that they were not serving themselves, but you, 
When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Peter's saying the prophets of long ago, they didn't serve themselves. They were serving generations that would come farther after them, focusing not on themselves, but outwardly. Generations to come, not just here and now, but what would come. And I could not help but think what happened on Tuesday night in this very room, this worship center. We gathered in a voters meeting and we talked about budgets and we talked about leaders and all that stuff and it's great. But one of the biggest things that we talked about on Tuesday night was a gift that has been given to St. John's. A gift that it would be somewhere between eight and nine million dollars. It's a pretty big amount of money that God is entrusting to our care. And I believe, and I believe many of us in leadership believe that this gift could push us beyond our walls and beyond our generation in ways that we've never dreamed, that God is calling us to go bigger than we've ever gone before, to share Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. When we share Christ in these powerful ways, we focus on the world he is glorifying, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds, your acts of service, your good works, and because of that, they may glorify God on the day he visits us. Outward focus. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we talked about this last week. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. One of the biggest parts of being a priest and your job as a priest is to represent God to the world. Outward focus. But not just with deeds, not just with actions, not just with good works, but with words. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we talked about this last week. You're also God's special possession. Not that God can just sit there and see, hey, this is my special possession, right? You look at it, it's so, so nice. What is it for? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That light shines in our hearts and through our lives. We're going to sing about it even more in just a second. His wonderful light drawing us outward even further beyond that we ever, ever could have thought of. First Peter 3, verse 15. Peter says this. He says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. I love this verse. It's such an outward-focused lifestyle, an evangelism lifestyle verse, a share your Christ with your words verse. But the Apostle Peter is reminding us, if we're ever going to go outside our walls, if we're ever going to reach out, if we're ever going to make a huge impact for generations to come, first we have to revere Christ as Lord in our hearts. And when you look into your heart, where is Christ? Where is God? You see, God gave us these words through the apostle Peter because he knew that we were going to struggle with it. I struggle with it. I look at my heart and I see all sorts of things swirling around in there. It's why we worship every week. It's why we grow in the word. It's why we're going to sing in just a moment, Christ, be the center of my life. Be the place that we fix our eyes. We wrap our lives around your life, Jesus. Because if we don't connect and we don't grow, then we're never going to be able to share. But when we connect, 
When we worship, when we grow together in the word and that word washes over us, then we are prepared to share Jesus. We're prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. That's what Peter's talking about. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I remember when my wife and I, we used to live in St. Louis. We were at a church, and I've shared this story before, and it just always convicted me. This pastor, he got up and he said, some of you Christians in the room today, you're not aware of it. But some of you are completely okay with the possibility that you will never share with another human being the gospel of Jesus Christ. In a spirit of love and concern and wisdom and, and, and concern and love and not an arrogance pride, but in a spirit of mission, this pastor said to us, he said, my friends, that is not okay. At some point in our lives, we have to go beyond good deeds and we have to use words. We've got to share Christ with our words. It's what we were created for. And perhaps it may be actually the highest form of living and thriving and existing as creatures of God. Even Jesus, who lived a sinful life, who was filled with good deeds, he shared about himself with words. So how do we do it? How do we prepare ourselves? St. Peter's, be prepared. Well, you're doing a pretty good job right now. You're here this morning. That's one step. Weekly worship with the body of Christ, singing the songs of the faith, letting the word wash over you, and then taking that next step to grow, studying that word with other believers and studying it by yourself, letting it wash over into your lives. And then in the midst of that, you take a pause and you stop and you consider and you look at your life, you look at your history, you look at your past, and you see God's hand all along the way. This morning, I want to remind you today that you know your story. You know how Jesus has changed your life. You are the only one that can answer the question, how is your life better because of Jesus? How is your life better because you worship God? How is your life better because you have his word in your life? You can tell that story. You can tell that experience. No one can refute it. And I'm telling you today that there are people in your life who want to hear you talk about it. And there's more than you think in your life that want to hear it. This week, you may be given an opportunity to share the message of Jesus, to share Christ with your words. And I'm giving you permission that today. I'm saying it's okay to be afraid about it. It's okay to fail at it. It's okay to ask for help with it. It's okay to practice it out loud. It's okay to pray about it and write it down and get messy with it, but it's never okay. It's not okay to never speak at all about Jesus. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. In your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Peter's saying, don't be a jerk about it, right? We know those Christians that are jerks. They got a Bible on the end of a baseball bat, and they just start <laughs> knocking people out, right? Be nice about it. Be gentle. Gentleness means strength under control and a strength that shares Christ and trust in his spirit to change hearts. So Peter's advice is simple. Set Christ as Lord in your heart. Let him be the center. Be prepared to talk. Know your story. Do it with gentleness and respect. And I want to tell you as a struggling Christian that it works and that you can do it. Every mem I've taught the new members class for seven years here, and every time I teach the new member class, someone raises their hand. We talk about sharing our faith. Someone raises their hands, and they tell me how they do it. They tell me how they struggle with it. They tell me what's effective and what they've learned. But it's always done in a context of friendship and trust in everyday life. 
I'm going to tell you a story from my own life. I'll, I'll tell you a story from my last church so I can protect the innocent that might be in the room today. But when I used to live in Downey, I would walk the neighborhood. And that time we had one kid and one on the way. And one day I met another dad in the neighborhood. And we talked. One day we talked about our kids. One day we talked about computers. One day we talked about his tattoos. One day we talked about music. One day we talked about life. We would just see each other in the neighborhood. And then one day we talked about God. And that church is down on the corner. That's where I go to. I happen to be the pastor there too. We talked about marriage and parenting, and life being hard. We talked about tough times. We talked about hope. We talked about Jesus, all mixed in. I shared a few things he shared. I listened, he listened. Eventually, he showed up at church. Eventually, I baptized his kids. Eventually, they came to our life group. Eventually, I was invited into their home to pray over it and pray over their family and for Christ to be the center of their lives. I'm telling you, when God uses you that way, it's really living. It's life. And there's a supernatural high to that that compares nothing in this world. And I know that many of you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know it. You've seen God work through your life and you shared Christ and you need to be reminded of it again. And many of you in the room, you're feeling like, I've fallen short, Pastor. Well, I'm raising my hand high with you, big time. Forgive me, Lord, for the too many times I've remained silent, I've remained self-centered, inwardly focused, and so many times, Lord, I felt unworthy and not good enough, and I don't know enough, and I'm too broken to say anything. St. Peter is here to tell you today, God is here to tell you today that God uses unworthy, not good enough, broken people to change the world and save lives for eternity. That's St. Peter's story. And the church was built upon his confession of faith, and we're reading a letter that he wrote 2,000 years ago to encourage our hearts and remind us today. And Peter reminds us that the source of any ability or call for us to be outwardly focused, externally focused, it does not start with us. It starts with Jesus. It starts with his ultimate act of outward and external focus. 1 Peter 3 verse 18 says this, For Christ, he also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Christ left the heavenly realms to come down here to us. Talk about external focus. Talk about outward focus. He died for us once and for all. He rose for us once and for all to bring us to God, to bring us life, and to bring us hope, to bring us purpose for our existence here and now. And that's what Peter writes about. That's his story. It's our story. It's good news. It's calling. It's the outward focus of God toward us, and it's the outward focus of God for our lives. That's what Pastor Rick Warren was talking about that Monday before Easter this past year. He's talking about his son, Matthew. His son, Matthew, who lost the battle with mental illness, but won the victory of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Pastor Rick was talking about his son, and not just about his struggle with mental illness, but about God using him even in his brokenness and his tormented soul. And he said these words, powerful words I'll remember forever. He said, I think Matthew, he's talking about his son, I think Matthew is probably one of the bravest people I've ever met. He could walk into a room at a party and instantly know who was in the most pain because he was in the most pain. He 
He'd make a beeline for that person. He would spend the rest of the evening encouraging them, sharing Christ with his words. Pastor Rick went on to say, and he said, when Matthew died, I received 5,000 letters of condolences from all around the world. Everyone wrote, from rock stars and prime ministers to presidents. But he said this, he said, the ones that meant the most to me weren't from those VIPs. They were the letters from the people that Matthew had led to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a powerful, powerful story. He said, that they wrote in these letters, I'm going to be in heaven because your son brought me to Jesus. Pastor Rick wrote in his journal, in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit. We are all broken. God only uses broken people. It's my prayer that in the months and the years ahead, we would be great stewards of all that God has given us to follow Peter and set Christ at the center of our lives, to prepare ourselves to share our stories, to do it gently and respectfully, to shine our light and let the whole world see just like Matthew Warren. And so generations from now, generations and generations from now, a letter will be written to our loved one that says, I'm gonna be in heaven because your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your friend, brought me to Jesus. Our God is mighty to save, and he will use us mightily. As Pastor Rick said, in God's garden of grace, even broken trees bear fruit.